The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Boy, we throw that word around a lot. Real estate investing business. As if what most of us operated were, you know, real businesses with with systems and procedures and people who ran those systems and procedures when in fact if you lined up any 100 real estate investors against a wall and then counted the ones who were actually running businesses the number would probably be countable on the fingers of your one hand why are real estate investors so into doing everything themselves no matter how long it takes like doing doing everything by the brute force method well i would argue from having watched this industry since i was a small child that it is partly just a calf path situation people people know other successful real estate investors and they see how they do things by spending an enormous amount of their time and energy just getting things done and so they think that's how it's done so that when they get into it that is how they do it too my guest today is going to try to convince you to not do that because having tried to do it himself almost literally killed him and after that experience he came up with a whole philosophy that he calls the VIP method of running a real estate business or any other business. He wrote an Amazon best-selling book about it, in fact, and he's joining us today by phone from his home in Lafayette, Indiana. Would you please welcome Mark Dolphini? Yay! Hi, Mark. Hey! Yay! <laughs> Hi, Vina. How are you? Usually, usually the, 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 the sound guy here is like Johnny on the spot with the sound effects but I had to there we go I had to I had to make my own this time um, that's okay I, I bring my own I bring my own audience so, you know, they're, they're clapping they're, they're but they're a little they're a little quiet right and now they're all inside your head that's why that's why we can't <laughs> right. hear them so right. so you have an interesting backstory that I think a lot of people who have been in the real estate business for long enough to remember 
the Great Recession and how, how great things were right before it and then how terrible they were doing it um, that that I think it, I think I think it's sort of important that you you tell more of that story than I just did just so people understand why you're so passionate about what we're going to discuss today yeah it, it was a truly horrible story and I, I remember one distinct story that I like to share with people um, it was two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and I was in an apartment that uh, I was trying to finish up for a move-in at 8.30 the following morning. So um, it, was that, it was that following morning. And I had, I had a couple hours worth of work yet that I had to finish up. I had some painting and some cleaning I had to do, and just a couple small maintenance items. The problem was I had been up since 6 o'clock the previous Friday. So if you're doing the math, I was up about 20 hours at that point. And... I was completely and totally spent. My my feet hurt, my legs ached, my back ached. You know, it just my eyes had that uh, that sandy blearyness going on, and I was. I, it was that law of diminishing returns at that point, right? I was trying. You know, you grab a paint roller and it takes you five minutes to roll up once and down again, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> I, I desperately knew I needed to get some sleep. So I started to do some math right now. I'm not talking like, you know, Johnny gets on a train at 15 miles an hour heading west. It was much easier math. It was, okay, two hours worth of work I had to do. And uh, so that meant I had to get back. They they were moving in at 830. I wanted to get everything done by like 730, 745. So I had to be back in the apartment by like 545, 6 o'clock. The problem was my house at bed was, you know, the other side of town. So literally would have been 15 minutes you know, drive to the to the house, another 15 minutes, you know, to get undressed and get settled, and then another 15 minutes to get woke up after a couple hours worth of sleep, and then 15 minutes back. So a full hour I would have lost just to sleep in a house, sleep in a bed, right? Mm-hmm. Or I could have slept there in the apartment. So without a whole lot more thought, I took off my shoes, I gathered up a uh, a painter's tarp that I was using, a heavy denim painter's tarp, and uh, curled up with and using a beach towel for a pillow. Um, that's where I stayed. And I very distinctly remember, it's funny that the different things that you remember about when you're kind of hitting a low. I remember very distinctly the beach towel. It smelled like, like glass cleaner. So I must have spilled some glass cleaner or something on it. And I remember very distinctly the, the heavy denim against against me you know the 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 feeling of that against my skin i was thinking this is not what i signed up for when i wanted to do real estate investing full-time but this is what happened because i was so time weary and i had built up this six million dollar real estate portfolio and i had done it all based on tactics and never with any idea of a of doing it like a business so um so yeah, that's that's the that's the thunderous opening. It, it was that was kind of the beginning of the end for me. Now, what's funny is I I can I can mentally hear you hear voices in your head. I hear voices of listeners in my head, <laughs> and there's hundreds of listeners right now going, "Oh yeah, well let me tell you about the story where I right. had this." 48 hour working day this one time because because our our business is rife with that and it's almost it's almost like a point of pride at some point 
You know, you'll hear people talk about how, yeah, I just I just keep working until the work gets done. And if that means I'm up at three o'clock in the morning and I have to miss all my kids, whatever's, then so be it. It's almost like, you know, they're, 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 like a rite of passage. Right. And that there's something there's something really morally superior about what, what I think people would call hustle. And I'm not I'm certainly not saying, you know, don't hustle. It's just odd to me that this is the one industry in which people in which people want to get rich and then brag about how much they're working <laughs> even after right they're rich. So any any insight as to what's weird about our particular business in that regard? Yeah, I yeah, I, I, well, I think it's a couple of things, to be honest with you. And exactly, I, it, it's almost like they wear that as a badge of honor. And I was no exception to that. You know, I was, I very distinctly remember, um, you know, the, of course, you know, things got much, much worse for me um, at that point. But, uh, you know, after that, which I'll talk about in a minute, but, you know, I was, I remember very distinctly, I was walking into a meeting one time and I was always late. Everywhere I went, I was always late just because I missed, you know, I was always trying to just get the last little bit of work done and then, you know, trying to get this thing. And, you know, I was late to showings. I was late to everything to the point where everybody just, they didn't take me seriously as a, as an individual, as a business owner, you know, and, and I realized at that point that I was self-employed. I wasn't a business owner. I was actually just self-employed. And that was like really hard to hear from a business owner that I knew and respected and kind of treated as a, you know, thought as a mentor, but, you know, when, when, when I see people out, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up at five and I'm working till 11. And, and I think that hustle is what we see. And I think that, that, that people are tying that to success mm-hmm. and man, I hope it, it's my mission, if nothing else, to change that mindset to say, well, what are you doing it all for in the first place? You know, the, our businesses are vessels. They should be ta- they should be taking us to a better place. Not, you know, we shouldn't be the one rowing and shoveling coal and you know fixing the boat. And do, I mean, we we should be in, enjoying the cruise, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I can I can change a few hearts and minds today with uh, with my story. And we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what the what the bad outcome was of all of this incredible hustle that you were showing and uh, also talk about how folks who are listening can maybe do things in such a way that they don't have to they don't have to learn the same lesson you did other than to hear it from you also want to invite questions from our listeners at 877-772-9658-877-772-9658 or via email at askvina at gmail.com Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Mark Dolfini, who is the author of the Amazon bestseller, The Time Wealthy Investor 2.0. That's the name of the book. And if you decide at the end of the show to order it, please go to wmkvfm.org first and click the little Amazon link up in the upper right-hand corner and it'll take you right to Amazon, and it will cost you no more to order the book. But 
WMKV, you'll get like a tiny little taste of that, which is always welcome on public radio. Even even tiny little tastes of money are yummy to public radio. So um, so. Mark, we, you were kind of you were kind of talking about what what led you to the point where ultimately you you didn't just like change everything you were doing in your business, but also wrote a book about it. And yeah, it was it was a combination of your habits up until then, which were the same as many real estate investors have, which is if it's got to be done, the best way to do it is just brute force it and get through it and things will come out better on the other side and I'm going to hustle my way to success. And then something outside of your control happened. It happened to all of us, happened to all of us at the same time. Uh, And that was the real estate crash. And those two things combined turned that $6 million portfolio you had into uh, a significantly smaller portfolio very, very right. quickly. And it, and it was partly because you tried to double down on the work to fix the problem. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's like you're, you know, it's like the Truman Show right now. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, let me let me be clear. It it would have likely happened anyway. I mean, it likely would have happened. It's just the, the recession came along and it just made things that much worse that much faster you know i went from a uh you know i mean by every people's every person's measure of success from the outside looking in i was crushing it you know i was bringing in roughly sixty five thousand dollars a month in rent revenues i was doing uh you know again i mean i might have been doing 16 18 hours a, a day worth of work um but by most people you know i had the the, the big house the car you know the whole thing but it was it was just madness um, so when, you know, those revenues went away, you know, it went from $65,000 a month to about $30,000 a month, month over month. I just, that's just, you know, I mean, I had mortgages on these properties. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't weather that storm. And, uh, it was, I mean, it, what ended up happening is, you know, <clears throat> so when you start working 20 and 22 and 24 hours at a stretch, and I was catching naps at you know, Lowe's in the parking lot and, you know, <laughs> wherever I could grab a nap, um, you know, what ended up happening, I got, I got sick. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a shock. It was, I got a cold. And, uh, and I actually did, did the one thing I never do when I got, a, when I get cold, but when I, when I get sick is I actually went to the doctor and the doctor of course says, okay, well take this medicine and get some rest. So I did exactly half of that. I took the medicine and went back to work. And um, a couple, it was about a day or so later, just things weren't getting better. And um, I had grown up with asthma, so I knew what it was like. I mean, I knew what that felt like, but something was just really, really wrong. Like I just, the only way I could actually breathe at one point was to slump over the back of a chair and to put pressure against my chest. So I thought, man, something's just not right. So I went to the, this new hospital that was built in Lafayette. It was just newly constructed. It had only been open a few weeks. So they were still trying to work out their own systems and so forth. And uh, so I went there and said, you know, hey, I'm just having trouble breathing. You know, okay, fine. We'll put you in this triage room. Well, they led me in this room. And with that, they put me on a, on a gurney and left the, uh, left the room and shut the door. 
and I laid there by myself for a while to the point where, you know, I, I mean, I was deteriorating pretty quickly and I started, you know, if you can imagine a fish kind of mouthing for air, like, like a fish out of water, I was kind of, you know, gasping for air and just panting, just doing this really shallow panting thing until the edges of my vision started to get really blurry and started to get really, really dark. And, uh, um, I was, I got very euphoric and I thought, wow, this is, you know, the, this tiny pinpoint of light is all I could see at one point. And I thought, wow, this is, this is where I'm going to die. Like I literally worked myself to death and, uh, I closed my eyes and kind of resolved myself to my fate. And, um, it wasn't a whole lot longer later. I don't know how much longer, but somebody came in and realized I was in a pretty desperate state and then, uh, fitted a mask over my face and got, got, uh, got, got me a breathing treatment and, um, got me, got some life back in me again. But it was, and I spent the next three days in the hospital with, uh, with double pneumonia. And, uh, and that's, and that's really when I had my, my three day vacation where I had, I couldn't answer the phone, couldn't do anything. And that's kind of where things got really, um, got very real for me in, in terms of, uh, <laughs> of, of trying to figure out this new, 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 uh, this new way of thinking, this new way of learning that was, that, uh, that I had to employ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, like a bolt from God where you got out of the hospital and went, oh, so I've got this all figured out now and (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm fine. It's all, it's all good at this point. But ultimately you came up with something that you call the VIP method. So let, and, and, and let's, let's talk through what that is a little bit and how, how you evolve from crazy workaholic dying in the hospital of pneumonia at probably 30 years of age to (laughs) to where you are today which is managing many 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 more units than you did even at the height of your pre-recession holdings but only working two hours a week to do it that's correct yeah and it's funny because it actually was it did have something to do in the hospital i mean at that point in time my dad was you know, he was a self-made man. He, you know, had an eighth grade education trying to help me out. Um, but this nurse had come in and she says, you know, she comes in with a, with a needle and says, you know, I, I need to give you a shot in your stomach. And I looked at her and I said, you need to work on your marketing. <laughs> so you know you're not. <laughs> and, uh, and she, I said, what's it for? And she says, well, you're going to be laying in bed for the next couple of days. And, you know, we don't want you to get blood clots. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll get up every few hours and walk around. How about that? And she kind of looked at me like I was explaining, having her explain Michael Jackson to me. Right. But, uh, you know, so she went away, but, the, but that made me realize that she was operating within a system, right? She was operating on a system, even though she may not have known to question the system, she was operating with a system. So but what I basically came down with all the problems that I was having, because I couldn't do anything but sit there and lost with my thoughts, but all the problems that I was having kind of landed in one of three buckets. And the, the, one of the buckets was obviously a processes, right? All the processes were in my head. And that was, you know, I, it, everything I was very reaction-based. So I couldn't, you know, I was just doing all, all this stuff based on every time a phone call came in. And second, the second one was, was basic infrastructure. I mean, I was managing everything, this, you know, 92 rental units I was managing out of a truck, in a, you know, with a, with a trailer that I had uh, filled with tools and parts and a, a, and a laptop. And that was my, and a cell phone, of course, you know, that was my whole infrastructure. Um, so I had a real dearth of infrastructure, no, no software, no, I mean, just everything was done either on, you know, Excel spreadsheets and 
all that sort of nonsense. And then probably the last piece, which is to me, which is the most important, is I just didn't have any direction, which I later refer to as vision. I just didn't have any real direction as to why I was doing it all in the first place. So, you know, the VIP method, you know, I kind of put that on its head to say, okay, well, first and foremost, I think it's important that I understand what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, what's the vision you know, that I'm trying to do? What's, you know, and then let me put an infrastructure in place that supports that vision, that's in alignment with that vision. And then let's put processes in place that runs on that infrastructure that will get me to my, to my ultimate vision. So, I, you know, it, it wasn't exactly a bolt from God, but it was kind of almost a shot in the stomach. So <laughs> shot in the stomach. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today, Lynn, I got an email from one of the listeners saying, would you please repeat the speaker's name and the book he's written? It was hard to understand when you introduced him. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, sometimes I talk a little too fast. It is Mark Dolfini. It's spelled D-O-L-F-I-N-I. And the book he has written is called The Time Wealthy Investor 2.0. Is that the second version of the book or did you just, did 2.0 just sound cool? <laughs> no, it actually is the second version because um, I, I do teach and um, because I teach, I um uh, the the second book was I just needed to make it more in alignment with how I teach, you know, mm. how I teach the the system. So I needed to just rewrite it. So if you if you you don't need to buy the first one, just <laughs> just you know the second one will will get you where you need to go. So so it's not a sequel. <laughs> it is not a sequel. No, you can <laughs> yeah you can skip the first one. Okay, all right. Uh, we need to take another quick break, and when we come back, Mark, if if it's uh, cool with you, I'd like to talk a little bit about where you ended up with that vision. Like personally, sure. what was the vision? And then some of the infrastructure and processes that you put into place. And I think most importantly, how can someone who isn't already desperate get this going before they become desperate? You're listening to Real Life Real Estate. Numbers here in the studio if you have questions are 877-772-9658 or locally here in the greater Cincinnati area, just plain old 772-9658. You can also send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, speaking of the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, are y'all aware that the, there's an all-day uh, wholesaling workshop happening this Saturday, February the 15th, here in Cincinnati, sponsored by Cincinnati RIA and taught by me, yours truly. And um, I happened to look at the registration about two hours ago, and there's like six seats left. I think we only have a room for 70 people, and 64 people are signed up. So if you want to spend a day for not very much money learning the basics of wholesaling and how it really works in real life, not on YouTube where it works differently, apparently, uh, you can go to CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com and grab a seat for that event. Um, guest today is Mark Dolfini. Why is he here? Well, because of, first of all, I've known Mark for a number of years because uh, every single solitary year he's at the OREA National Real Estate 
investors uh, event and always I've noticed he's always like helping people like he's not just there to attend the sessions I always see him kind of talking to people in corners helping them out and whatnot Um, found out he wrote this book and has done a lot of work that not enough real estate investors even think to think about The, the the work is what do I want this to be? Not not just how much money can I make and what do I have to do to make it happen, but what what's it all about, Alfie? You know, you don't want to work yourself to death. You don't want to be like, you don't want to, you don't want to, what, is, what does Robert say? He says, uh, I don't want to leave a rich widow. Powerful, right? <laughs> not that he doesn't want his wife to be rich when he dies, just that he doesn't want her to be a widow because... He was so busy getting rich. So um, Mark has done this work, and it's it's work that I, I think it is important for people to consider earlier on. Like there's this whole there's this whole stage you go through where you're trying to decide, do I really want to do this? Am I willing to do what it takes to do it? And then you start doing it, and it works, and you're feeling good, and you're doing exciting things like quitting your job and going on better vacations and stuff like that. And people just totally miss this whole stage of let me back up and, and put some stuff in place here so that I don't just get busier and busier and busier and busier. And by the time they figure out that they need to do that, they've got so many balls in the air that they've got to drop them in order to back up and do what they should have done earlier. So that's my long explanation as to why Mark is here. And Mark, you you said before the uh, the break that to you it kind of came three categories. You got to have a vision, you got to put in an infrastructure, and then you got to have processes. As you did this coming out of this horrible period of your personal and real estate investing life, what did that vision look like for you? Well, honestly, I mean, to, to give you, to defend what you're trying to explain this in, in a few short minutes is tough because it's, it, it's, I mean, look at what we see as real estate investors. We see it in the real estate investing world in the speaker world, it's easy to, you know, to show the lifestyle you can have, right? It's easy to show the pictures of, you know, you know, you know, beautiful women and beautiful men and, you know, beautiful people and cars, you know, cur- you know, and building, you know, and houses that curve with the earth, right? Cause they're so big and, you know, they're having all this leisure time and that's easy to show in pictures, but it's, it, that's, that's the, that's the easy side of it. But when you're, when you're thinking about your time, because time is really the true, you know, that's the one equalizer for all of us. Um, that's why the book is called The Time Wealthy Investor, right? I mean, that's, it, I want you to be wealthy in time so you can choose to do whatever is, is important to you. Um, you know, what, there's no sense in having the boat that you, you know, you, you bought if it sits in the driveway, you know, 98% of the time. So, um, so really, at that point, if you've been following the story, you know, I, you know there I was in the hospital, um, you know, trying to not die from double pneumonia, my basic vision at that point was actually just basic survival. Um, you know, I have I was losing, I was in the process of losing uh, properties to foreclosure, um, and at the end of it, I had lost four and a half million dollars worth of real estate to foreclosure. You know, before all was said and done, so the six million dollar you know uh, real estate portfolio that I had built up in ten years was gone in a you know in a period of about a year. So um, at that point, it was just basic survival. I didn't know. 
how much more I was going to lose. I didn't know if I was going to lose everything, but um, but I knew at some point I was going to ha- I was going to be able to take a stand, find some solid footing, and it was just at that point just basic survival. So um, you know, my and I know this sounds crazy, but um, you know, it, I I vowed my vision would be that I would take Sundays off, that I would not work on Sundays, mm-hmm. and it that was not easy, but after um, you know, after just drawing some lines in the sand, eventually I got to that vision and I, I saw some small gains and I was like, okay, well, if I can take a Sunday, if I can get a Sunday off, maybe I can actually get an entire weekend off. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, so it was those little pieces of the process that were part of the vision and I started to see some, some gains and, um, and ultimately, and now I have a vision that involves raising my two sons with my wife and having a closer relationship um, you, you know, a much stronger faith, you know, a much stronger relationship with, uh, with my bride and, um, and, and just things that are really, truly much more important to me than, you know, uh, than just, just out making money. And you couldn't figure out a way to do all that and still work 20 hours a day. <laughs> right. right. What's, what's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just a, I'm just a bad investor, I guess. I guess I guess so. So the the vision was much more about what else do I want than it was about the the usual like goal setting that real estate investors do at the beginning of the year, where they say, "Well, this year I'm going to do twice as many deals as next year." It was more looking at what do I want my life to look at like, and then my business has got to fit into that. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I put it all completely on its head, and I said, you know, many times I'll talk to a real estate investor at a local RIA, and I say, oh, so what are you trying to accomplish? And they'll say, oh, I want 100 rental units. And I look at them like, and I say, so 99 wouldn't do it? Well, yeah, yeah, 99 would do it. And then, so 98 wouldn't do it, right? And I play this game for a while until they realize how how you know almost nonsensical it is like well 100 is always around you know it's a round number that sort of thing i'm like well why do you why you know why are you confusing a number of rental units for the life output that you think that that will buy you right so let's why don't you focus on what you're doing it all for in the first place what let's the vision is really about life output what is it you are trying to accomplish and with once we define what it is you want to accomplish, then the infrastructure and process, that's the system, right? That's the actual system part. Then we'll just reverse engineer a business that really delivers that lifestyle for you. So it's really about focusing on life output first and foremost, and then creating a business that delivers that lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as you mentioned and write about at length in your book in order that the 18 hours of work every day that you were doing that you're not doing now didn't cease to happen and it didn't cease to become important that it happened you can't just say nope I'm working I'm working two hours and whatever doesn't get done after that too bad sorry tenants did you want your roof not to leak no that's not going to happen today (laughs) because I'm only working two hours today uh, and that's where we get into these issues of infrastructure and process. So your particular business <clears throat> is around acquiring, managing, financing, et cetera, rental properties. This would also apply to somebody whose business was wholesaling or retailing or perhaps owning a coffee shop. In your particular business, 
give us some examples of infrastructure that you put into place that let you still get stuff done without having to do it yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the VIP method does work regardless. I mean, it's it's a it's just a methodology. So, I mean, if you if you're a wholesaler or a fix and flipper, or you know, I mean, if you you can sell real estate or razor blades, it just works. It's just it's just establishing a vision for what you want up front, and then putting the infrastructure and process in place after that. But in my particular case, I had a really big problem with the infrastructure. Like the first and foremost, I got a property management software system. That was probably one of the biggest time savers that I had. But I also started using um, different pieces of infrastructure in a different way. Like, for example, I started using a, um, uh, a uh, an 800, a toll-free number, right, through one of those services. And basically, I used that uh, for all of my leasing calls. So basically, I could automate all of my leasing calls just by using an 800 a toll-free number that people could call and then I didn't spend 15 minutes on the, on the phone all the time answering the same question, the same 10 questions over and over and over. You're like, where is it located? What's the rent price? That sort of thing. So it was just, that's the sort of infrastructure that I had um, put in place. But, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was just pieces of infrastructure like that that made such a big difference when I, when I was just trying to get my time back. So well, understanding what, where, where all my time was going was, was first and foremost, um, what I need to pay attention to. Let me let me challenge you with this idea, Mark. Rental uh-huh. software and eight hundred numbers existed in two thousand five. W- why did why did it take why did it take you know this huge interruption in your life to make you pay attention to the fact that these things were available to you before? Like how did you how did you get to the point where? it didn't occur to you that answering the same phone call 16 times a day and answering the same question 16 times a day was maybe not necessary. <laughs> well, it, it's one of those things, you know, forest in the trees sort of thing, right? You're in the middle, you know, when you're in the middle of fighting fires, you know, you're, you're, I was just too close to the problem. And it wasn't until I had this, you know, giant reset in my life where I couldn't answer my phone. I couldn't do all these things that it really kind of made it really, very, um, you know, very noticeable for me for what I had to change in my life. So I, I really did this massive, okay, where's all my time going and where can I save, where can I save the most time? And it, so anytime, and this is where I, I, I still do this today. Anytime information has to flow through me, I am almost always the bottleneck. Mm-hmm. Right. So where can I where can I focus this? So I would really challenge the listeners. Where's the information have to flow through you in order for something to happen? Whether that's calling a vendor, calling you know, uh, setting up someone to go show a property, whatever that is. If information has to come to you and flow through you, almost always you're going to become the bottleneck at some point. Mm-hmm. So that's it was that switch that cha- that challenge for me is really where it started to take off. And I said, okay, so the phone, how can I eliminate the phone? Okay, good. Okay, um, how, can I, how can I make uh, payments coming in a lot faster and easier? Okay, good. So all of this information is now being managed much, much better and much more efficiently. Mm-hmm. See, I thought you were going to say I was too cheap. 
<laughs> that's well, hey, that's that is really common. Like you, you talk to yeah. real estate investors, and and they say, oh, I can't, I can't stay at the meeting tonight because I've got to go meet a contractor and pay them. And you say, well, why are you meeting contractors to pay them? You could, you could just, you know, pay them through QuickBooks. Uh, how about that cost money? Yeah. Mail a check, yeah, uh, or <laughs> something. Yeah, well, <laughs> or pay the extra three dollar fee for their credit card bill, right, or something like ser- that. Yeah, yeah, seriously, there's like this, there's like this illness in in our business, and I got, I got to say, it is, it is sort of particularly amongst our rental housing provider population, where people yep. people seem to be willing to trade endless amounts of their time to not have to spend any money. And there's always that, that more money. That's a good point. <laughs> there's always more money, and, and there's never more time. That that is such a good point. And, and in fact, even you know, to the to the rental uh, investors out there that are doing that, you know, when you when you really understand that you're the concept of selling time rather than renting properties, you really understand how valuable your time becomes. And it wasn't until um, it was it was a really good. Um, uh, um, one of my mentors had asked me, I was particularly weary this one day, and he said, you know, how long have you been working out? And I said, I've been up about 30 hours. And he said, well, what would it take to, to to hire somebody to do the job that you did last night? And I said, I don't know, $10, $12 an hour. And he says, okay, you realize that's what you just paid yourself, right? Mm. And I was Ouch. shocked. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it, my, my brain kind of looked like the Hulk turning back into David Banner as I... <laughs> As I was trying to rewire my brain to this new paradigm, but it was such a slap in the face because I did not get into real estate investing to make it ten to twelve dollars an hour. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, my well, it was it, it was with that. My dad, my dad was in the real estate business, and um, he he always uh, used used the fact that his time was worth, and this was you know in the eighties and nineties, his time was worth a hundred dollars an hour as an excuse not to clean the house. That's why it was always our job to clean the house and not his job to clean the house. But but the the basic despite the fact that that was super annoying, the basic the basic concept that if seriously when you are doing your best work, whether that's you know buying new properties or whether it's doing better marketing for your apartment buildings or whether it's refinancing buildings from a seven and a half percent adjustable rate to a five and a half percent fixed rate, right? Those are all going to be seriously high yielding activities. Paying someone to clean the house for you while you do that, (laughs) paying them $12 an hour to clean the house for you or 15 or 20 (laughs) is a good trade. Or you can just have kids and make them clean the house. That was my, (laughs) right. (laughs) That was, that was my dad's reason. All right. We have to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about processes and also answer listener questions at 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Mark Dolfini, author, author, blah, blah, blah author of the Time Wealthy Investor 2.0, talking today about uh, really a a mind shift about how your real estate business maybe ought to go, rather than always thinking, how do I, how do I work harder and longer and stay awake and 
have more energy and manage my time better. Thinking more along the lines of how do I put together infrastructure and processes so that I can spend my time on stuff that um, I'm, I'm going to um, uh, think kindly of when I'm on my deathbed. I'm not going to be like, yay, I got in 320-hour days this year on my deathbed. Probably going to think more about what impact I had on my kids and on the world and my relationships and whatnot. So I uh, just looked up the clock, Mark, and we are super close to out of time. And we have some listener questions here, but I did not want to miss the P of the VIP, which is processes, infrastructure. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, infrastructure yeah, sounds like quick. it's yeah. it's it's tools. It sounds like it's yeah. tech and other things. So so tell us about the processes. Sure. One real fast thing on infrastructure is it also it also discusses the asset class specifically. So, it, you know, delivering a vision, you know, uh, it, it's going to also depend on, you know, it, not just the bones in the, of the business, but, you know, are you in single family residence or multi or storage facilities or garages or whatever? So the asset class is also a major part of your business because that's the infrastructure, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what's going to help deliver that vision for you. So if you're picking a, a, one asset class over another, you know, it's going to be, it, it can, it, one asset class may need significantly more maintenance and management to deliver that vision for you. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, also an important consideration. But the process is really nothing more than the rules upon which you operate. You know, it's, it's you know, it just all the basic stuff of how are you doing the tactics, right? A lot of business, a lot of books out there on real estate, are, they, they talk about the how and the what, you know, what to do and how to do it. That's very tactically driven. But that's where I think they were missing the why. They're missing the vision piece of it as to why that's just so important to identify up front. So the process doesn't really need to be this complex thing. There's plenty of tactics out there. And many people who start with tactics, you know, that's what they teach. I'm not going to criticize them. It's just that I just do a different approach. I just choose to focus on vision first. And then, um, and then you know, we'll build an infrastructure and then the processes after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ready to go to some listener questions? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this one is from Jason, who does not say where he is from. He says, what size in terms of gross rents or units would you or your guest suggest as a minimum to be able to outsource some business activities? Where is a good starting point? To start to outsource, I mean, I would look at unit number one. I, I want to start doing doing that based on the stuff that is when if I'm looking at infrastructure or if I'm looking at processes, I always look through that through the lens of is it effective, is it efficient, and is it enjoyable? If though if 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 it doesn't satisfy those three and I can't do those things efficiently, effectively, or enjoy or enjoy doing it, I'll outsource it, or I'll just consider not doing it at all. Because mm-hmm. if it's not efficient or effective, then what's the point of doing it? So there's always, I mean, that's the, the entrepreneurial curse is we think that we're great at everything. We're just not. There's just things we're just naturally not going to be good at. So I would challenge you on unit number one, um, you know, start start to outsource stuff that you're just not going to be good at and, and bake that into the cake when you're buying these properties so you don't say, well, I can't afford to do it. Well, if you can't afford to do it, I don't know that you should have gotten that in that particular investment in the first place. There you go. Because I, I just I just knew that the next question was going to be, well, how am I supposed to afford to have somebody else manage my property when I just only <laughs> have one? And 
And the answer right. is, it's the deal you do in the first place. Right. Did you, did, you, did you set up the deal and the financing in such a way that a property manager was already built into your expenses and it was still going to make you money if that's what you decided to do? Right. Okay. Exactly right. Or, or, or whatever, you know, or you had someone else that you hired to, to a virtual assistant or whatever to do that for you. Exactly. Okay, Kara in San Diego says, what advice would you give to your younger self that you actually think your younger self would have followed now that you know what you know now? (laughs) (laughs) Man, I was hard-headed. I don't know that my younger self would have listened, but I would have definitely told him to value his free time a lot more. Just because I was so, I mean, I came out of the Marine Corps. I was just, you know, at that point in time, I just wished I knew uh, just to maybe listen to that. But I don't know. I didn't value my free time highly enough. And if I if I was going to listen and be open and receptive to that, I would have I definitely would have said that to myself back then. Excellent. A question from Jesse, who again does not tell me where, I assume it's a he, I think that's when it's an E at the end and not an IE, it's a guy, right? Uh, does not does not say where, where he is from. He says, uh, Mark, you mentioned that you are a coach. Do you feel like it's a good thing for someone to have a coach before they begin in the investing world, or should they wait until they have a few properties under their belts? I used to think no, um, but I've actually uh, just recently changed my mind on that. I think that a coach is actually good in advance of that, and the reason being is it's kind of like um, you you don't want to develop those bad habits in advance. Um, it's like getting a golf coach, you know, before you even know how to play the game. It's, you know, learning how to grip the club right and learning how to swing the club before you learn all these bad habits that you have to unlearn. So I think really, really, um, you know, and that could be anybody. It's just as long as they're going to challenge you and not think that every idea that you come up with is a great one, but one that is really going to challenge you and make sure that you're doing the right things that are in alignment with your vision. So, yeah, I would absolutely suggest getting a, getting a coach in advance uh, so you don't pick up a bunch of bad habits and, and make some really bad investments that aren't going to be in alignment with your vision. And may I, as someone who has coached many people, add to that, do get your basic education in place first. Don't don't go to a coach yep. expecting them to teach you how how, how what rental properties are. That's a waste of <laughs> that's a waste of the coach's <laughs> energy, right? You got to go, you know, find out. <laughs> how that stuff works first and then you use the coach to make sure you're doing it right not to try and teach it to you over the phone just personal right. personal well, it's, it's, there. it's a lot more expensive that way but anyway. it is a lot more expensive though yeah. yeah all right mark appreciate your time today and all of the sharing that you've done of some of the personal work that you've done and I want to encourage listeners to think about this seriously, even as they are developing their real estate investing businesses. Again, guest today was Mark Dolfini. His book is called The Time Wealthy Investor 2.0. You can order that by going to wmkvfm.org and clicking the Amazon button and then just looking it up on Amazon. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.